right, take your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 32. Numbers chapter 32. When we come into Numbers 32, children of Israel have gotten their marching orders. And they know that they are uh, supposed to go into the promised land and take the land that God has told them that he would give to them. He told them that uh, he would make sure that they got it, that they would get it, not because of them, but because of him. And uh, he, uh, he made it very clear as to what that land was. When we come into Numbers 32... Uh, they're, they're preparing, they're getting ready to go in. And uh, Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh, two and a half of the tribes, makes a declaration, makes a decision about uh, going into the promised land. Now let's all stand together and look with me. I want you to look with me on verses 1 through 5. We'll, we'll read it together and then pray and get right into the message tonight says now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle and when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead that behold the place was a place for cattle the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and unto the princes of the congregation saying Adaroth and Dibon, and Jazer, and Nimrah, and Heshbon, and Ilialah, and, and uh, Shebam, and Nebo, and Beon, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession, and bring us not over Jordan. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, uh, I, I pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts tonight about the importance of not settling for less. Uh, Lord, to uh, the importance of understanding what your will is and going full throttle, uh, going all the way and doing exactly what you'd have us to do and possessing all that you'd have us to possess and getting all the blessings that you have set for us. Lord, I believe that because you're our Father and we're your children, those of us that are saved and born again, uh, Lord, uh, you have got plans for us. You have got blessings set aside for us. And if we walk according to your will, we get those blessings. We not only get the blessings, we get all the blessings. But if we don't, we forfeit some of those blessings. And God, uh, honestly, I want to have all that you got for me. I want to have, I want our people to have all that you have for them. I want this church to have as a congregation uh, all that you've got for us. So Lord, help us, help us to uh, take a look at this passage tonight and give us some understanding about, a, I believe, of just a really bad decision that Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh made and help us to learn from it and make sure, Lord, that uh, we don't make that same error and that same mistake. I ask, Father, that you fill me with your spirit, that you give me uh, clearness of mind, that you give all of us ears to hear 
And God, as you speak to us tonight, may we respond to your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. First, by, by verse 5, it's obvious they've, they've made their decision. They're making a request, and they're, they're saying, listen, we don't want to go all the way into the promised land. Uh, we, we want to stay right where we are. Uh, and now, understand, when they said that, they, they had not seen the promised land yet, okay? They, they really had not gone in there. They didn't know what was, what was good for cattle and what wasn't good for cattle. They, they saw that the land that was this side of the, jo of the Jordan before they crossed over into the promised land was good for cattle, and I don't dispute that. I'm sure that it was. Uh, but they said, uh, we don't want to go into that land. We want to just stay right here. Now, notice in verse 1, it says, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. In other words, they, they based their whole decision based upon what they saw. Uh, what they saw was land that was good for cattle. And, and uh, uh, so they said, listen, this is where we need to settle. Uh, that isn't where God wanted them to settle. God wanted them to settle on the other side of Jordan. But they made a decision based on what they saw. Uh, Lot made a, a similar bad decision. He, he lifted up his eyes when he was have, given the opportunity to choose where to go between uh, himself and Abraham. And uh, uh, he lifted up his eyes and saw the well-watered plains of Sodom. And he said, you know what, that reminds me of Egypt. And so that looks better than all the other lands, so I'm going to go in that direction. He didn't consider the spiritual repercussions. He only went by what he saw. Uh, Samson did, uh, did likewise when he picked a, a wife. Uh, he picked a wife of heathen folks. And uh, he went up to his parents and says, get her for me to wife. They were grieved with that thing. They wanted him to, to marry to marry someone who was an Israelite, and yet, uh, yet that was not his choice because of what he saw. Uh, you know, uh, the, these folks, what they did was they based their, really they based their, their choice on, on economics. Uh, faith does not base its choices on what it sees. It bases its choices on what God says. You know, over in Hebrews 11, uh, verse 1 says, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. Not seen, but not seen. And uh, faith decisions are based on what's said by God, not by what's seen. Then you go down to verse 4, and it says, even the country which the Lord smote before the, the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. Now, the reasoning that they, that they made their decision upon was faulty reasoning. Think, think this thing through. They looked at it and they said, okay, the land is good for cattle. Now, God said we should go over Jordan and possess that land. But it's obvious we're here and we've got more cattle than anybody else. And, and this land is good for cattle. So if the land is good for cattle 
and they had a great multitude of cattle, which they did. Therefore, that means this land should be for us. Uh, they, they looked for what fit the need. They did not look for what fulfilled God's desire. God desired for them to go over Jordan. Here's the, here's the, the kind of uh, way that this thinking comes into, into play in our lives. Uh, I need a job. I found out a job is available. Therefore, because I need a job and this job is available, then this job is for me. Now, I'll tell you why that's, that's bad reason, because that job could violate some biblical principles. And if it violates biblical principles, or even beyond that, if it's just not the job that God wants you to take yet, then you need to not go by sight, but you need to go by faith. And that's why it's so important for, for all of us, really, to be walking daily with the Lord in our Bibles, in prayer, seeking his will so that we don't make the wrong decision. Um, here's another one. Something that I've been wanting for a long, long time is on sale. Oh, and it's an incredible sale. I mean, it's not just 5 10% off. It's 40% off. And I have... The 60%. I've got the money. So it's on sale. I've got the money. I've wanted it for a long time. So therefore, I should buy it. Let me ask you something. Now, don't raise your hands or nod your head. But have you ever thought that through like that and afterwards said, what in the world did I buy that for? <laughs> for whatever reason, thing comes up sour. Um, here, here's, here, here's a good one. I'm searching, well, I'm not, but uh, you're a single young fella or a single young girl. Say, I'm searching for a, uh, a godly man or a godly woman, a mate for me. You find someone, and they are godly, and they love the Lord, and they're serving God. Therefore, foregone gone conclusion, man... I'm looking for a godly one. This is a godly one. Hot diggity, dog diggity, boom, let's go. Uh, that, that is faulty thinking. Now, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that I try to get young people to understand is that when it comes to your mate for life, it's not first and foremost important what you want. It's first and foremost important what God wants. And, you know, I, I told my wife, and I got in trouble because I didn't put it the right way, but told my wife, I said, listen, we're not getting, I didn't ask you to marry me because I love you. Well, I did love her, but, but she misinterpreted that and said, well, I guess he, he doesn't love me. He just knows that God wants me to, uh, to marry him. And so even though he doesn't love me, he's willing to do it because that's what God wants him to do, and he'll do it. Uh, but, that, but that wasn't the point. I, I remember the week she... Um, she and her, and her whole family came down to the Bible college that I was going to at the time. And uh, she came, whoa, just lost my voice here. She, uh, she came in on a Monday, 
And they were going to be there all week. It was, they call it fellowship week. And there was all kinds of preaching and stuff going on. And then on, on the, the uh, on, I think it was Thursday night, either Thursday or Friday night, they had, they had the, um, I think it was Thursday night, they had the graduation. Am I right? Is it Thursday night? Okay, thank you. And uh, that's, my, that's my detail officer right here. She keeps me straight. And uh, so on, on, on Thursday night, they had the graduation. Well, I had been contemplating and praying about asking her to marry me, uh, you know, all the week before. She came on, on Monday, and I prayed about it, and I said, God, uh, if you want me to marry this girl, make it plain. I mean, may there not be any, any reason not to. I, I don't want to make this decision because it's what I want. I want to make this decision because it's what you want. Now, this is one of the times when I, when I made a very major decision, and I did it in the right way, and I'm thankful that I did. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I didn't ask her on Monday night. I didn't ask her on Tuesday night. Didn't ask her on Wednesday night. And her mother, who already had determined the will of God for both of our lives, uh, was just about ready to wring my neck because I hadn't asked her to marry me yet. Thursday night, uh, I, I asked her, and, and surprisingly, she said yes, and the rest is history. Uh, but but uh, the thing that I was the most concerned about is, Lord, I don't just want this to be something I want. I want this to be what you want for me and for her. And, it, you know, she's a godly young lady. Uh, I, I love the Lord. She loves the Lord. We both want to serve God. Uh, but that doesn't mean necessarily that that's what would please you. I want to do what pleases you. And that's the kind of attitude that we have to have. Now, Moses, when he heard all this stuff, he had some concerns. Look down in verses 6 through 15. Chapter 32. Verse 6. Says, and Moses said unto the children of, of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from, from uh, going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up, Unto the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled the same time, and he swears, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto, unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness forty years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. And behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead, and increase of sinful men 
to, uh, to augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. For if you turn away from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. Now, Mo Moses, as a result of this whole thing, had some real concern. First of all, in verse 6, he says it wouldn't be right for others to go to war and for them not to go to war. In other words, God want, wanted everybody to pull their weight and, and uh, to, to get involved in this endeavor, not just some of them. Uh, verses 7 through 14, he was afraid that their desire for staying over on the other side of Jordan would discourage the others from taking ground. And that's because of what had happened previously when it sent 12 spies out. And you know the story. Ten came back and said we can't. And two of them said we can. And uh, uh, he said, listen, you, you could very, very easily dis de de just destroy the faith of these folks. You could discourage them. And, and I don't want them to be discouraged from taking the land that God has, has promised and given them. And, and what he's saying is, he's saying, listen, if, if we disobey God, it doesn't just affect us. It affects other people, too. And so we, we need to keep that in mind, and we need to realize that, that our decisions can cause compromise and can, can cause the neglecting of the proving of things that are right and good. Over in uh, Philippians 1.10, Paul said this about the, the Philippian church. He said, he said that he desired that they approve things that are excellent. I've always, always marveled at the, the wording of that thing. Didn't say prove things that are good. He said prove things that are excellent. What's excellence? Excellence is being smack dab in the middle of the will of God. And doing, doing what God wants us to do and having what God desires for us to have. And he was, he was concerned that this decision would cause them to get discouraged. And then in verse 15, he, he was concerned that they would turn away from God. Notice in verse 15, it says, For if he turn away from after him, meaning the Lord, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. He's saying, listen, if, if you turn away from the Lord, it's going to not only affect you, but it's going to affect others. Then down in verses 16 through 19, after hearing that from Moses, they make an appeal. And verse 16, it says, And they, they came near unto him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Israel until we have brought them unto their place and our, and our uh, little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land. And we will not return unto our houses until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance, for we will not inherit with them on yonder side Jordan or forward, because our inheritance has fallen to us on this side Jordan eastward. So they agreed to fight. They said, listen, we'll go in and fight, and we'll fight until uh, Israel inherits all of the land on the other side. But notice what they're doing here. They're telling God what their inheritance is. They're telling God what is best 
for them. And down, down in, again in verse 19, for we will not inherit with them. What was God's command? God's command was go into the land of Canaan, go into the promised land, go to the other side of Jordan. That is your inheritance. And they said, no, no it's not. This will be our inheritance, not that. And they told God what their inheritance would be. And they, they, you could see that from the words, we will not. They, they made a choice. Now, understand real clearly, their choice was the other this side of Jordan. God's choice was the other side of Jordan. I, I believe with all my heart that God had something much better for them on the other side of Jordan than, they would than he would have for them on the side that they were presently on before they went across the Jordan River. But, but they refused to take it. They were willing to settle for something less than what was God's perfect will for them. Uh, it's, it's interesting when when uh, God took Israel out of Egypt. They were in, in slavery. They came up. They came. Uh, they came out of Egypt. Pharaoh's army started to pursue them. They came to the Red Sea, and the Red Sea opened, and they went over into the wilderness. So what that's a picture of is that's a picture of the fact that when we get saved, we're taken out of the world. And, and, and uh, we're not of the world anymore. Uh, and and God, God took Israel out of that thing, brought them into the wilderness. And that's a picture of us being saved. But then in the end, the, the, the final end is going over Jordan and taking the promised land. In other words, a victorious Christian life. And that's God's will for each and every one of us. Now, it's going to come come to pass and come to fruition in different ways in each life. But that is God's will for us, is the victorious Christian life. Notice when they came to the Red Sea, it parted. They went over on dry ground. You'll, you'll notice if you study the scriptures, you'll find that when they got ready to go over into Canaan to take the promised land, the, the uh, not the Red Sea, but the Jordan, the Jordan River opened just like the Red Sea did. They went over on dry ground. But you know what? When Reuben and Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh went back over to the other side of Jordan after the battles had been won, it didn't open. Why didn't it open? Because that isn't where God wanted them to settle. God wanted them to settle on, on the other side of Jordan, and they were willing to settle for less. Look down in verses 20 through 24 of uh, chapter 32. Verse 20 says, And Moses said unto them, If ye will do this thing, if ye will go armed before the Lord to war, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord, until he hath driven out his enemies from before him, and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord. And be sure your sin will find you out. Build you cities for your little ones and folds for your sheep. And do that which hath proceeded out of your mouth. Now, he, he warned them. He said, listen, if they go and if they fight, they'll be guiltless. And if not, 
he said, be sure your sin will find you out. Now, you and I probably know that verse by heart, or at least that phrase of that verse by heart. But what's the context of the verse? The context of the verse is if God gives you a responsibility to do, you had better fulfill that responsibility, whatever it might be. And God has responsibilities for all of us. You better fulfill that responsibility to the T. And if you don't, be sure your sin will find you out. That's the context of the verses. Now, in verses, verses 25 through 27, they committed themselves to God. Look at verse 25. It says, And the children of, of Gad and the children of Reuben spake unto Moses, saying, Thy servants will do as my Lord commandeth. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all our cattle shall be in the cities of Gilead. But thy, but thy servants will pass over, every man armed for war before the Lord to battle as my Lord saith. So they responded by committing themselves. They said, look, we will do it. Now, why was the choice of going back over Jordan after it was all over, why was that a bad choice? And it was a bad choice. Well, because first of all, it was, it was a choice that was made on what they deemed to be best for them. What they deemed to be best for their families. Be careful of that. I see choices like that being made in modern day Christianity all over the place. Well, because this was true in our family, then therefore God wanted us to leave this area and go over to this. I, I remember a, a family years ago that made that very choice. And they, they said, uh, you know, we have, we have some needs in our family, and so we're going to leave this church, we're going to leave the people that loved us, we're going to leave the area that we've, that we've uh, made a testimony in, and we're going to go to, to this other, other place. Well, they ended up going to the other place, and the church wasn't, wasn't a red-hot church. Uh, they slipped, they fell. To, put, to give you the, the, the long and short of it, uh, the, uh, the, the husband and the wife both struggled in their Christian life. Their kids aren't doing, as far as I know, to this day, aren't doing anything for God. Now, will God let us make those kind of decisions? Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. He'll let us do it. He let Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh make that, make that kind of a decision. But, you know, the bottom line is this. Where is God in the decision? Well, it's good for my family. Well, that isn't always the reason why God will have you do something. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't. This is Father's Day. I'm not saying you're not supposed to consider your family. But over and above your family, you better consider God every single time. Um, otherwise, there are some things that have happened in history and some missionaries, as an example, that have paid some prices that don't make any sense at all. Uh, for instance, I talked to you about here just a couple of weeks ago about a guy by the name of John Patton. And John Patton was a missionary to the New Hebrides Islands. Uh, the first island that he went to was, uh, there was a lot of trouble, there was a lot of difficulty. He got sick, his, his wife and his son got sick, and he ended up burying 
his wife and burying his son in the New Hebrides Islands. Now, from a, from a natural standpoint, from our natural eyesight, was going to the New Hebrides Island good for his family? <laughs> no, they died on the mission field. The rest of the story is he got remarried, went to another island, and won every single person in that town that he was in to Jesus Christ. They all got saved. So you say, well, it didn't look like that this one decision was a good one for the family. But, 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 but overall, it was exactly what God wanted them to do. Um, Adoniram Judson. Adoniram Judson uh, went to Burma, and he, he, he lost two wives on the mission field, and he lost several children on the mission field. But there, is, there, there aren't too many, uh, too many missionaries that could stack up to the accomplishments that were made by Adoniram Judson. In fact, one of his wives, he came back and he finally, he finally got it right. I think he lost two wives on the mission field, and his third wife was from the New York area, over near, over near where uh, Colgate, uh, Colgate University is. Uh, and, uh, and he came over here and, and found himself a wife and went back. But, but the, again, the point is, uh, were, you know, was, the, was that choice to go to Burma, was that good for his family? Well, from human eyesight, it doesn't look like it was too good. He buried two wives there. Was it what God wanted him to do? Absolutely. It's exactly what God wanted him to do. Now, another thing that we see that is a reason why this is a bad choice is, is that it showed a disregard for God's choice. God told him, he, God made it plain, go over Jordan and settle. And they said, no, we don't, we don't believe that that's what, what we should do. We should stay right here. Their priorities and their values did not match up with God's priorities and values. And, and uh, it, it really, it showed a, a distrust in God. Uh, we're told to be in the world, but not of the world. In other words, we're not supposed to think like the world thinks. Now, <clears throat> you know, we've, we've been through and still are in the middle, really, of this COVID-19 thing. Can I, can I just, and I think I've said this several times already, but I'm going to say it again. Keep hitting that reset button in your heart and mind and, and, and compare what the world is telling you is right with what the Bible tells you is right. Uh, be careful. You know, understand that the, the, uh, the people that are giving you the advice on this, and I'm not saying disregard it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying be discerning, okay? Be discerning. The same people that told you that global warming was the case, and now they've switched it because that, that thing flopped, uh, that whole theory. And uh, the, the same people that told you that the earth is millions and millions of years old are giving you instructions on this COVID. Understand that, okay? I'm not saying get up and go like this in their face. I'm not saying that at all. But plug into God in this thing. Bottom line is this. Where was God in the decision that 
Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh made. He was as far as the east is from the west. He was not part of their decision. They did what they thought was right. And here's how you can see the fruit of the result of it and what was behind all this. Look down in, in uh, chapter 32. Look down in verse 41. This, these, this is interesting. It says in verse uh, 41, it says, And they departed from Mount Hor, and, and uh, no, I've got the wrong one here. 40, what do I want? Okay, 41 and 42 of chapter 32. 41 and 42, it says, And Jair the son of Manasseh went and took the small towns thereof and called them Havoth Jair. And Nobah uh, went and took Kenath and the, the villages thereof and called it Nobah after his own name. Jair named the villages after himself. Jair means enlightened one. And he named it the village of uh, the village of Jair. Uh, Havoth Jair uh, means villages of the enlightened one. In uh, verse 42, Noba called those villages after himself. Who got the honor and who got the glory by uh, uh, by settling on on this side of Jordan? It wasn't God who got it. It was the people that got it. And that's because that decision from beginning to end was made simply by human wisdom and simply by flesh. Uh, there, was, there was pride, I believe, that was in that whole thing from beginning to end. Now take your Bibles and take, take, take them and turn with me to Joshua chapter 22. Joshua 22. Joshua 22, look down in verses 10 through 12. Joshua 22, verse 10, says, And when they came unto the borders of Jordan, that are in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh built there an altar by Jordan, a great altar to see to. And the children of Israel heard say, Behold, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar over against the land of Canaan in the borders of Jordan at the passage of the children of Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered themselves together at Shiloh to go up to war against them. When they found out they were making an altar, they got upset. They got mad. Now, why? what was their purpose of building the altar? Well, it was an altar built uh, uh, built by, by the Jordan River, and it was for future generations. When they, when, they, when they did that, they did that with good intent on their part. But the children of Israel misunderstood. And instead of rejoicing with them, they, they, went, they picked up arms and got ready to fight them. Um, they did this in order to, to, to be a witness between the Lord and them. But they were very, very easily misunderstood. Now look down in verses 30 through 34. Verse 30 
says, uh, and, and when Phineas, the priest, and the, the, the princes of the congregation, and heads of the thousands of Israel, which were with him, heard the words that the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and the children of Manasseh spake, it pleased them. And Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, said unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the children of Manasseh, This day we perceive that the Lord is among us, because ye have not committed this trespass against the Lord. Now ye have delivered the children of Israel out of the, out of the hand of the Lord. And Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, and the, and the princes, returned from the children of Reuben and from the children of Gad out of the land of Gilead unto the land of Canaan to the children of Israel and brought them word again. And the thing pleased the children of Israel. And the children of Israel blessed God and did not intend to go up against them in battle to destroy the land wherein the children of Reuben and Gad dwelt. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad called the altar Ed, for it shall be a witness between us that the Lord is God. So, so uh, Phineas, the princes and the heads of Israel, were pleased because they made that altar for the right reason. The children of Israel were, were pleased. But you know what you don't see anything of here? Show me where the Lord was pleased with this whole thing. All the people were pleased with the, with the deal that was going on. But you don't find God's approval anywhere. Now, take your Bibles, and with this we'll, we'll close. Go to 1 Chronicles chapter 5. 1 Chronicles chapter 5. God, God's approval was not seen because God did not approve of the thing. Keep in mind what God had told them right from the very beginning. He said, you're going to go across Jordan. You're going to go to the promised land. And that's the land that I've given to you. Regardless of what kind of an altar they made, regardless of what kind of a promise they made, regardless of whether or not they helped the rest of Israel uh, get the land that God had promised for them, that was not where they were supposed to settle. They settled for less. And as a result of this, notice what happened. First Chronicles chapter 5 and verses 23 down through 26. 1 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 23 says, And the children of the half-tribe of Manasseh dwelt in the land. They increased from Bashan unto Baal-Hermon and, and Sinar and unto Mount Hermon. And, they were, and these were the, the heads of the house of their fathers, even Ephor and Ishi and Eliel and Azrael and Jeremiah and Hodaviah and, and uh, Jadiel, uh, mighty men of valor, famous men, and heads of the house of their fathers. And they transgressed against the God of their fathers and went a-whoring after the gods of the people of the land whom God destroyed before them. And the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, and the spirit of Tiglath-Pilneser, uh, king of Assyria, and he carried them away, even the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and brought them unto Hala and Habor and Hara 
and to the river Gozan unto this day. The very first tribes to be led captive and taken into captivity of all of Israel were Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. You know why I believe that that was the case? Because they did not settle where God wanted them to settle. Instead, they settled for less. They did not make their choice by faith. They made their choice by sight. We need to be careful. You know, what choices are, are, are holding you back from obtaining the victorious Christian life? Are you making the choices or is God making the choices? Faith is just simply believing God and then acting on what God tells us to do. And he made it very plain. He very, made it very, very simple. He made it understandable for all. Settle on the other side of Jordan. But they had a better idea. And they settled for less than what God had for them. Are you settling for less than what the perfect will of God is for you in any area of your life? We need to be willing and desiring to please the Lord in all areas and to make sure that our decisions are the decisions that God has for us, not just the decisions that we think are the best for us to make for us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand clearly tonight there is a difference between that which is excellent and that which may be good. Settling on this side of Jordan was a good decision from the standpoint that it, uh, it took care of the cattle, it took care of the families, it took care of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. But Lord, it was not the excellent choice. The excellent choice was on the other side. The will of God was on the other side of Jordan. Lord, make it real clear in our lives what it is that you'd have us to do and what, what, what your desires are for us. That's why it's so important for us to determine in our, in our hearts and lives that, that uh, uh, our lives are for your pleasure and not ours. Our, our lives are here to please you and not us. There, there could be decisions that we make that don't make any sense to anybody else. And it, it ends up in some ways, like those missionaries we talked about tonight, uh, doing, doing some damage in the, in the family structure, causing people to lose their lives. But God, I really believe that it was your will for Patton to be over in the New Hebrides Islands. I believe that it was your will for Adonai Judson to be over in Burma. And yet they, they paid a price for that to be the case, but it was the right price and it was the right choice. Help us, Lord, to make right choices and to, to have in the forefront of our hearts and minds, is God pleased? Is God, are you in the decisions that we make and the choices that we make. Help us, Lord, not to settle for less and settle on this side of Jordan 
rather than in the promised land where there's victory in Jesus Christ. Bless this invitation. God, speak to our hearts. And whatever it is that you might be talking to us about, maybe it's something that we need to surrender tonight. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, it's admitting a decision that we made, maybe in the past that was not a good one. Uh, Lord, whatever it might be, maybe it's just a, a, a surrender of, Lord, I want your will for my life, no matter what. God, work in our hearts, and as you do, we'll give you the credit, the honor, and the glory for decisions that are made and for what you do in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.